filmed in front of a live studio audience. It's the Dicebreaker Podcast with your temporary host, me. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My goodness. Welcome back I'm to so the Dicebreaker excited Podcast. to be here. It's <laughs> Michael Wheelsweelen here, head of video at dicebreaker.com, and I'm joined by two members of our fantastic team. First of all, Alex Meehan. How are you doing? I'm all right, yeah. It's good. It's a sunny afternoon. Yeah, it's relatively sunny. It's a little bit blue in the sky. Still colder than a witch's tit. Whoa! That's what they say. All right. That's what they say on, on witch Tumblr. Uh, yeah. We've also <laughs> yeah. got Olivia Kennedy. Hey there, Liv. Hi there. I'm doing pretty good. I would say I'm probably around about like the the mouth of video. Like um, like I yeah. talk a lot, of, a lot of stuff. You're the head, I'm the mouth. Yeah, yeah, and then um... it's the cold tit. <laughs> <laughs> I am the tip. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> I am the tip. No. Oh, God bless Zoe, who can only hear my end of this conversation. Uh, <laughs> right. So we're back for another episode of the Dicebreaker podcast. We are recording live here on youtube.com forward slash Dicebreaker. If you have ever wanted to be part of the live audience, have your say in the chat, then come and join us every Friday at 2 p.m. UK time, currently in GMT. Uh, big thank you to everyone who's watching us right now. And if you've never watched the Dicebreaker podcast ever before, Look forward to a chat about all the games we've been playing this week and anything else we've been up to that seems a little bit interesting, as well as some of the interesting top articles and news that we've been covering in the past week. And a little segment which, for those of you who are into, you know, trying to work out what the segment's going to be, fancy a pint of Guinness? There's your, there's your <gasps> tip. There's your oh, tip. Oh, a cheeky little tip. A cheeky little sneak preview. What could it be? Yeah. Let us um, know. Now, now I don't know what the segment is about because I don't get that. So <laughs> we'll we are not. We... Disclaimer: We are not sponsored by Guinness. We're not. No, I I, <laughs> I can't we drink beer, so that would be it would be bad for me to be sponsored <laughs> by a beer. Um, Fine, I can drink your lot. I yeah, your, that's your... very noble of you, me. <laughs> I know. It's a dark Although... meal, isn't it? Or whatever it is, I am on that. More like a stout, I would say. Mm. It's a stout, you're right. It's a meal but, um, and a pint, is what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Although if it's not coming out of, uh, you know, fresh from the tap. Yeah, from the, the mountains brook. of Guinness. Uh, Guinness Mountain. Yeah, that's where they source it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Guinness Mountain. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like Willy Wonka. That but, yeah, anyway. that's who makes Guinness. So there um, we go. I, uh, I will <laughs> quickly say, if you've got a question for us at any point. Yeah. Please put it in the chat and we will answer it in the question section. Please! That's Please. right. <laughs> you can either get us in the live chat if you're here for the live recording, or if you don't watch these live and you either listen to us on YouTube or on wherever you get your lovely, lovely podcasts, uh, then you can reach us on podcast at dicebreaker.com. Yeah, which is email. Email. So there we go. We are going to kick things off with what we've been up to this week. And we'll start with you, Mian, because you have written stuff. Oh, Liv has also written stuff. My, my apologies. I've written some I, stuff. But yeah, I have not written you. stuff, so I will not yeah. be starting. <laughs> Mian, what have you been playing this week? Oh, my goodness. What have I been playing? Uh, this week, I've been playing It's a Classic. We love it. It's Camelot Second Edition, everyone. Oh, oh yes, <laughs> yes. absolutely. So much Camelot talk. Can't yeah. leave in the best bigger slack for Camelot talk. <laughs> I mean, uh, earlier this year, I did say it. Twenty twenty two is going to be the year of Camelot. Like, no, it is. Happening. It is. Yeah, yeah. It is the year of Camelot because I now officially it. own it, and therefore yeah. 
it's the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You set the benchmark. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, I actually uh, wrote about Camel Up recently for a very special article that's going to be coming out on Eurogamer. It is our it's our annual dice breaker recommends. I mean, so it should be that. it should be every year, honestly. Yeah, it should be every month. Camel up is the dice breaker recommends game. Wait, did, yeah. you, did you call it annual? Are we only writing one of those a year? Oh, uh, I meant monthly. <laughs> annual, yeah. It's a monthly. It's a monthly article that you can find on Eurogamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about sister sites? Is that correct? Yeah, I think that's the way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Our, um, one of our brothers in arms. Uh, yeah, they do video game stuff. But um, no, uh, every month, uh, we will do a lovely article just recommending a board game. Uh, and I chose Camel Up Second Edition because it's a great game. We've it's spoken about it on the podcast before. Uh, and I played it uh, last weekend. Uh, actually taught it to some new people. Uh, and they... They praised me for my ability to teach them the game. Can I ask, when you say you taught it to the new people, is this people who are new to the game or people who are new to you? Or people you who are like, new to the world? Were they babies? Oh, yeah, babies. <laughs> that would be really impressive I could, if I could teach a baby I think that's how the to play sense. Camel Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that'll be a YouTube video I'll do. I, I, I believe that it. would get some clicks if you could pull up. Yeah. yeah I successfully teach... Ten babies how to yeah. play Camel Up. <laughs> it, yeah, it will be great. It will definitely go well. Um, anyway, yeah, no, they were new to the game, or okay. at least right. they, they played it before. But they said the person who taught them wasn't great well, at holding candles. Yeah, to you. weren't on your level, man. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Well. Um, yeah, no, it was good. Um, I did very badly, but that's the way we Camel Up. It just go like that sometimes. It do be like that. It do be like that. It's the kind of game where you can sort of tip things in your favour, but it's very randomised. It's it's very much like you roll a die, that's just where the camel go. And and you can kind of guess things. It's about your ability to determine who's got the gumption, you know? Yeah. You have to look at that camel and think, you've got what it takes to jump on some other camel and have yeah. them do the rest of the race for you. Yeah, You've yeah. got what it takes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've got to stare at those meeples <laughs> and determine their character. <laughs> Absolutely. I yeah. And I'm, I'm going to come out and say some of the best meeples in the business, I reckon. Oh, they're yeah. great, and they fit together so, great so nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Such beautiful um, stacks. Beautiful fat stacks. Fat, fat camel stacks. <laughs> oh, camel stacks, yeah. Oh, um, really cute. Yeah, they are. I love, I love the way it looks. Um, yeah, so we play some Camel Up. Uh, if you want to know more about Camel Up, uh, it's actually included in our best board games list as well, which we recently updated. I'm realizing now, I don't know if we've made a video specifically about Camel Up yet. Well, we have. We did a live stream of it. Yeah, we but played like it online. A scripted, this is the oh, best board game video. ever made. Well, why don't you do a why, why you should play it? That'll be fun. Wow, best board game ever made. Oh, okay. better okay. than anything that's ever existed. Camera. Wow, that's the title okay. of the video. No, yeah. you should you should call the video "Why 2022 is the Year of Camel Up." Yeah, the year of the camel. Yeah, the year yeah. of the camel. That'd be great because I would love to know why. So yeah, please. <laughs> 
you? I'll be watching. <laughs> yeah, that's for me. Thanks. Well, you've got one guaranteed viewer there, mm. Wills. That's one view in the back. That's bag. it. That's a free yeah. view. That's free real estate. That's free real estate. Send it to the presses. Um, yeah, we played Camel Up, second edition. We also played uh, Concept. Oh, Concept. I haven't played that in a while. Which is an excellent party game, question mark? Yeah, like puzzle party but, game. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's a game where someone is trying to get the other players, or if you're in teams uh the player in your team to uh guess a concept which could be like a person or like a film or sometimes if you're (laughs) if you fancy being punished uh like a statement like a phrase or something okay um those ones are so hard uh, I don't think I've ever attempted to do one, but um, and you, you put the sticky note on your head, or am I thinking of no? Okay, right. Uh, you have like correct me if I'm wrong, man. You have like little coloured question marks and tokens and stuff, and it's like a big board um, full of like iconography that you can kind of interpret however you want, but mm-hmm. that's how you give your guesses, right? So yeah, it's like a big a board with 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 various images on it. And the images, there's actually like a little card that tells you what the images kind of represent. But they can also be viewed like in a personal, subjective way. Uh, but they're things like weather or hot or or like city um, or animal or something like that. Mm. And then you can use these various tokens to like say this is the clue that's the primary clue to this idea so you put like the question mark on animal or something and then you can use the little exclamation marks to kind of go this is also related and this is related and then (laughs) this is a hot maybe it's an animal that lives in a hot climate or it's just sexy All right. Yeah. I mean, that's very subjective. Um, Yeah. uh, yeah. And then, alongside the exclamation marks, you can use these coloured cubes that can be the same colour as the exclamation mark to say this is related to this idea. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's just all about how do you communicate this through without words, with Mm. you know without gestures or anything it's literally just this board is the way you communicate things mm. and i've met people who, who hate it <laughs> the game because it's very it's just a very specific experience that some people just can't get behind and mm. then other people like myself really like it i think it it does depend on the group you're with what kind of mood you're in uh, but i think it's really great uh, this particular. <laughs> do it well. This particular. I think we've all just read the comment. Yeah, do it well. the uh, I'm not going to read the comment out. I will read out the username though, because Baddie Wronglegs is a fantastic yeah. username. Baddie Wronglegs, shout thank, out to Baddie. Thank Wrong. you for being you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a really good game. And then we play Code Names, which is a classic. Yeah, like everyone yeah. knows Code Names. Two kind of similar Codenames. games. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, again interpreting ideas mm. like mm. 
using words to relate to clues, etc. Uh, and the people I was playing with, uh, I'm going to be nice and say oh. they were inexperienced. Oh, they were normies. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? They were normies, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we did win somehow. <laughs> I was just very chill and patient, so I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I was all right with it. You know what? Sometimes it's about having fun. It's not necessarily about wit. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah. And then also this week, I have played a game called Super Cult Express. Oof. Oh, is that the card game version? Yeah. I so, still haven't tried that. For those who may not know Cult Express, which is a favorite. You talked about that fairly recently, didn't you? I think. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I do talk about it often. We, just, we lifted it as one of the best games uh, from all of... Because we did a podcast once where we compared all of the ones that won a Spiel die Jahres. Spiel die Jahres, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And it was one of those, and I think we were we were lifting it as one of the best of the bunch. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was fighting in Colt Express Corner. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, a, it's, uh, it's really odd, because it's a programming game which definitely does not sound like my sort of cup of tea because uh, my brain don't work like that mm. but um it's still i still really enjoy it it's a game where you've got this big train that's like a cardboard train you put together the little pieces and yep. then your different uh bandits uh, <laughs> ruffians <laughs> ne'er-do-wells mm -hmm. who are robbing this this train the colt express mm -hmm. uh, uh but you don't want the other robbers to get away with the loot you want to get it so Ooh, um yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so the way you play the game is that you select your action cards but you have to lay them down in a particular order so everyone plays one card at a time and you keep going until you've played the number of action cards you're allowed to play uh and then the cards are flipped over in that exact order so one person will do a thing and then another person will do a thing. Mm. So it's all about predicting what you think the other players are going to do and also remembering the right order to play the cards in, which is where I struggle a little bit. But mm. it's a really good game. Super Cult Express is like a mini, mini streamlined version of Cult Express. So there's no train. Um, there's no looting. Uh, it's literally just cards that you lay out to act as the train. Uh, and then the main goal is to try and, like, kill off the other people on the train. So um, you each start in a, a, a caboose. A caboose? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the carriages on the train. Well, the caboose is at the end. Yeah. It's like the final... Because you call it... That's a butt, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. the butt of the train. <laughs> <laughs> it's the train butt. It's the train oh, stereo. Yeah. I was like, I don't think it's the bar, but yeah, okay. <laughs> no, it is the um, butt. Yeah. You've got the caboose at the end, and you've got the locomotive at the, the start, and then obviously you've got the carriages in between. And then oh. you play cards to do actions. And again, but you don't play them all in one pile together. You play them in your own piles. Uh, although you still have to play them in the order that you want to do them. Okay. So in fact, the, the first one you place is the last thing you do. And then the last thing you place is the first thing you do. Oh, because it's at the bottom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. So, and then you're essentially shooting. You're moving between the carriages. Uh, there's a card that lets you just turn around because where you're positioned 
Oh, like it's like facing. Space Hulk. <laughs> where, you're where you're facing will depend on who you shoot. Mm -hmm. uh, and then at the end of every round, the caboose of the train gets knocked off for some reason. Oh, it's a battle royale, um, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it's a battle royale. <laughs> and if you're on the caboose, you you die. <laughs> oh. We played yeah. a um, we played an Arkham Horror level that was like that. Yeah, I remember you talking about right. it. It goes up into a big wormhole in the sky. Yeah, it wasn't quite like that. <laughs> I, mean, I reckon yeah. they I reckon they should have added a wormhole. I think that yeah. would have been yeah. theme. When you think about it, everything is a wormhole, really, isn't it? So like my mouth is a wormhole. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Is there a worm in there? Yeah, <laughs> that's where I keep my Shut worms. <laughs> You think that's a tongue? No. <laughs> no it's lots of worms all working oh. together. <laughs> this is too much. At the moment, my mind is being blown. You're giving me multiple revelations. Um, uh, yeah, but also, if uh, basically, if if anyone manages to make it to like the locomotive, right at the end, as all the cabooses are gone, um, if there are multiple people left. Then whoever got the most loot wins. And now I said you don't do looting, but you get loot whenever a caboose falls off. Whoever who's ever at the towards the closest carriage, the close the carriage closest to the caboose. Yeah. Whoever's the, the closest to almost dying. Yes. Yeah. Gets mm -hmm. the loot. So it's uh, like a kind of risk reward. Oh, risk, risk taking. Yeah. Because I'm assuming mm -hmm. you can punch people into other rooms like you do. In you the shoot them, and it works the same as punching. Where they get pushed. Uh, you push them into the wormhole, and then they take. They have to take an action to stand back up. Mm. They get stunned. Mm. Um, and is there I a wormhole lost... card that comes with the set? Is, yeah, like with the wormhole. Into this. And then you get to like throw the caboose card at the wormhole. And then they're like, what? And is there oh. one of the? <laughs> okay. Is there one of those like electronic buttons that makes a wormhole sound effect? And then it's what would you? It's like Uno the... Uno Extreme where it shoots the caboose out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know how I describe a wormhole sound effect. Like, what... I think it would be kind of like like that. I don't even know what that was because <laughs> that, your... really, that didn't really yeah. work over the yeah, internet. Let me come a bit closer and try and not... Oh, this is great. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, a... that sounds like a zombie. I was assuming yeah. more like... It was a bit higher than that, but I tried to keep it deep like as a... it wouldn't get out. Yeah, like a sort of TARDIS sound, you know, like a... Uh... <laughs> Very timid wormhole wheels. <laughs> Viewers, let us know what sound you think a wormhole makes. Yeah, let us know in the comments what oh, you think a wormhole in the chat. sounds like. Toto's yeah. allowed to give his opinion. Um, uh, there you what go. Would you That's do... what a sounds like. Wills, what would you do if, if Toto opened his mouth and the sound of a wormhole came out? <laughs> Well, that's kind of what just happened, but I don't know if it got picked up on the yeah. mic, so... Oh, I didn't hear it. Oh, no. there he is. Here no, he is. but okay. he's, he's also, right? He's like, just like his, his dad, like, in that respect. <laughs> yeah, he's got a wormhole. Um, yeah. So... Um, yeah, okay, so, yeah. Back, back to Super Cult Express. Oh my god, um... Rosie. She's screaming oh, as well. Rosie? She wow. was making a wormhole sound, sorry. What, Mian, here's a question for you. How Hello. does it shape up? It's fine. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Essentially, uh, obviously it plays a lot quicker than Car Express and mm -hmm. a lot more straightforward. However, oh, this is something remember. that. However, <laughs> <laughs> this is what? something that I've noticed a lot um, recently. Um, it's 
a lot of publishers will take one of their games and then make a streamlined, simpler version of it. Mm. And it doesn't always work mm. because sometimes it's just not a great translation. Yeah. Like they don't doesn't necessarily work. Like mm. I not wouldn't say ever. I said it's not cash money. Yeah, please carry on. <laughs> it's not cash money, Thank yeah. You. Thank you, Lynn. Thank, Thank you. Quite all right. Yeah. <laughs> um so like in this regard it missing some of the aspects that I like about Co Express. You know, obviously the components, like this is a much smaller box and it's probably a lot cheaper to buy. But I feel like the components are a big part of Cult Express's appeal. Also, it's obviously just a lot less complicated, which is great if you want to play a simpler, quicker game. But I, if I want to play a simpler, quicker game, I'll probably just play something else. Yeah. Because there are games that are designed from the bottom up to be to play like this to be from the butt up, mm. but from, from, from the, the caboose, caboose up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I think those games are great. So, like, I would rather play something like Point Salad, for example, or like Azul, which are fairly accessible, not that long games, um, or Jaipur, which I played the other week. Oh, Jaipur. Uh, yeah. This one is fine. Mm. Like, it, it's it's just like a it's just like not great. <laughs> I reckon um, what, what they were trying to do was they were trying to recreate the majesty of when they turned Bang into Bang the Dice game. Yes. And it just, it's not that simple, you know? No, but <laughs> I would say Bang the Dice game, the way it was it was sort of translated into that, I feel like they fundamentally made changes to like yeah. be like, let's make it like this and actually improved the game. Whereas here, it kind of just feels like they took a load of things out and then restructured it a little bit and then was like, here you go, Super Cold Express. Mm. And I'm just like, it's fine, but I would rather play i I'd rather play a different game if I wanted a quick one or just Cold Express. So mm-hmm. uh, that's my review for Super Cold Express. Um, it's, a super, also... it's a super review because it's a smaller condensed version of a review. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then we also played Mysterium Park. Oh yeah, the expansion, right? Nope. What is it? It's a completely different game. Um, <laughs> it is a version of Mysterium, which is in a park, kind of almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> almost. <laughs> um, it's in like a. It takes place in like a carnival. Okay. Yeah. Um, you put a, a spooky park, yeah. Um, yeah. and it's a spooky park. again like a more stripped down version of, of Mysterium, mm. but that's entirely cooperative, so you don't have that bit at the end of the English language version where everyone's competing against one another to guess the right combination of mm. person, location, weapon. Here it's People are all working together because you can't advance to the next stage until everyone's made the right guess. So um, here you're actually picking the people who were innocent, so not the culprits. Mm. Uh, So you still have a ghost. um, You still have cars that you need to interpret. But here you're not picking the suspects. You're picking the innocents. So the ghost of, of the... Uh, manager, the ghost manager of the spooky carnival is dead 
Well, yeah. the ghost is dead, yeah. But uh, they're like, oh, I need your help. Come to this horrible, spooky carnival and uh, find the person who did this. Uh, but I'm going to show you what relates to the innocence. So you still get the cards on your turn. Uh, you pick the location first. And then once you've all managed to pick the right thing, you pick, uh, sorry, you pick the person first. And then when you've all picked the right thing, you pick the location. And then you pick like the right combination of cards, like in the original Mysterium. Mm -hmm. So it's kind mm -hmm. of like a shorter version where you're all working together. Mm. Um, and you've got some new cards, really interesting looking illustrated ones. And the carnival theme, on the one hand, it's kind of cool because you've got these different locations that I would never go to this carnival because it's it just got like a creepy clown like mm -hmm. ride. Excellent. Love that. Mm -hmm. It's got like That's a cool. like a haunted like ghost ride. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's got like a weird animatronic guy who's probably going to kill you. Oh, so, I draw the line. Yeah, Liv was on Google Maps until you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Liv was like booking stay oh, at if you, Carnival. If you'd said that animatronic was underwater, go. I swear you, you <laughs> we'd have to end the podcast. I was just having you say. Um, yeah, so um, I thought it was good. Like, um, it, I quite like it being fully cooperative. Um, you know, it, it's 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 just kind of Mysterium, you know. Is it another Super Cult Express where it's like, it's all right, it's just a different version? I don't know, because I kind of think they're sort of on equal grounds because they're so similar that it's kind of mm. like, do you want to play, a, essentially, do you want to play a slightly shorter version of Mysterium? Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Which, like, to be fair, it's I think I would. There you go. Yeah. Mysterium right. Park is perfect for you. Because Sweet. it literally just cuts out one of the things you need to guess. Uh, and you're just working completely together. Uh, it also cuts out the voting as well. So there's none mm. of that, the voting thing that you do in Mysterium. Yeah. Um, I feel like the voting stage, like, I wouldn't fine. say it's uncooperative. Like, you still all win and lose based on guessing the right one. But like it's definitely the the bit that like halts the game the most. Like I, I don't I don't think if they were to make Mysterium two that it would have made the cut. You know. Yeah. Which I, I assume is kind of what they were going for here. Mm. Yeah, it, this kind of it doesn't necessarily feel like a sequel because it doesn't add anything new. Mm. It's more like uh, it's more like literally a shorter version of Mysterium. For my All part. right. Yeah. I thought it was good. Like honestly, if you just fancy playing Mysterium, but you're like, oh. I want. I don't have this much time. The Mysterium mm. Park is perfectly good. The only criticism I have about it uh, is something that we noticed. Uh, all the people that you used to guess, they're all based around kind of carnival themes. So, like someone's like a there's like a strong lady, and there's mm. like a a hypnotist guy. Um, but because they're all kind of carnival themed. Sometimes yeah. I don't feel like there's enough difference there. Yeah, I can see that. Where, like, we got some answers wrong a few times because we were like, oh, it should it should be this, right? And then it mm. was not because, like, the card 
could have applied to like yeah multiple Five people. Yeah. yeah so that's the only criticism i i'd have of it. otherwise fair. it was pretty good like um i i would play it again like i like mysterium yeah me too um yeah that's it uh, other than that i will I've now watched Encanto four times in a month. <laughs> I still haven't uh, touched it yet, but no, I probably yeah. will watch it. This mm. time we watched it in Spanish. Excellent. Oh, cool. There you would, go. Would you say it was better or worse? Yeah. Um, I liked the English language version better just because I can sing along with it. Because sure. I know all the words to the songs. And then when you're singing along to the Spanish one, it kind of feels weird because obviously... Mm. You're basically singing a completely different song because the person, <laughs> the person I was watching it with, was kind of like because they speak Colombian Spanish, so they yeah. were like, "Oh yeah, the song is actually like really different because mm. they have to fit it within the same, yeah, like like an anime mm. dub where they're like, yeah, I have to fit this like forty-syllable English sentence into a twenty-syllable Japanese sentence that's being said." Yeah, mm. so they still have to make it rhyme and they still have to fit it within the same my music theory has gone out the window but the same time frame um mm-hmm. so my friend was like oh like the song is almost completely different like they're singing about this instead and i was like oh that's kind of cool and then next time i'm gonna say we're gonna watch it in japanese so then i can <laughs> I won't be able to experience. Well, I probably won't be able to pick on as much as they did because I've not been learning Japanese as long as they've been learning Spanish, (laughs) and also I've I'm not so good at like listening and translating. I'm not going to get into it because it will take a while. But yeah, Japanese is funny. It's got loads Mm. of different versions of Japanese that people actually speak. So yeah, yes. All there right, you well, go. Let's see That's what we what can get into as we switch our perspective over to Liv Kennedy live Hello. from the comfy chair. The comfy chair, everyone. Hi, thank you so like much. Push your Seth. camera down a bit as well. <laughs> You're getting it's a lot of window. There we go. There's the comfy chair. The comfy chair. It's me and it's the comfy chair. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> what have me and the comfy chair been up to? Well, honestly, not much. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't expect it for the comfy chair, to be fair. But... Yeah, no, we've been chilling. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it's been a bit of a busy week this week for me. Like, I went oh, I went home to my parents last weekend. Um, so I was away in Wales for the weekend, and so there was there was a lot going on. Um, but something that you played yesterday on the channel, Wheels. Yeah. Um, it, which is Blood Bowl. is something that I've Three. been having a look, a little look at. Blood, Blood, Blood Bowl. So, yeah, I'm assuming Three. you're new to Blood Bowl, Liv. Because you went to when I introduced you to that. What mm. What did you think of it? Did you do the tutorial? I did do the tutorial. Yes. I um, wish I'd done the tutorial because I've yeah. forgotten a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say that the tutorial like really super helped. Like it's it's like uh, honestly, my approach is just keep clicking until something happens. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of um, where I'm at with it. But I think I got enough insight to understand a few of the more um a few of the more confusing things like the fact that if you want to blitz but like oh for background for anyone who doesn't know what blood bowl is um it is a warhammer game that is basically like american football 
but with all the classic like Warhammer like races like elves and 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 orcs and whatnot. And so, it's an absurdly violent version because like you can yes. literally kill people. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, they they get knocked down. There's um, uh, an option to like when somebody is knocked down, like you literally kick them while they're down and you you try and get them out. And sometimes the referee will be like, hey, you can't do that. And that always happens when I do it. It's blood ball. Um but um yeah, and there's also like an option to like argue with the ref when that happens. Yeah, and... You can protest the call, right? Yeah, exactly. Once again, never works for me. Yeah. Um but well, you uh... get like a one in six chance. So funny mm. story on the stream yesterday. I don't know if you watched yes. it. Um, the dwarves were the new faction. They so this is like a pre-release beta for the third mm. edition of the game. I used to play number two, like I played a fair bit of it and really enjoyed it. So I was like, I was quite excited for it, but I hadn't played it in so long that I'd forgotten all of the intricacies of it. So when I came to number three, I was like, oh, we'll play as the dwarves because they're brand new. They have a lawnmower tank thing yeah. that they could put on the field, and I was mm -hmm. like, well, obviously I'm going to have one of those. So we like completely sacked off the entire basic team to try and afford the super expensive lawnmower. Yeah, uh, and it was only until I was like halfway through the second game of using it that I realized that it's against the rules to have a lawnmower tank. So after yeah. like the first, they call it a drive, but basically like when you hit the first break and play, like after a goal or something like that, the ref sends them off. <laughs> <laughs> like all of my money had been invested in this giant tank and the ref was like all right on the sidelines of you then after like 10 minutes and i didn't know that was a thing i didn't why know do they let them on the pitch then why <laughs> you can get away with it for like one thing but then as soon mm. as the thing ends the ref will be yeah. like right by the way you're not supposed <laughs> to have that. <laughs> I mean, like, do that in the first instance, ref. You know, like, yeah. that. Um, or if the game had given me a warning, that would have been nice as well. <laughs> sure, yeah. that'd be pretty cool. Um, um, yeah, and... Oh, I, you played as the dwarves, didn't you? Yeah, you I just did, said yes. I was playing... I'm playing as the elves, obviously. Disgusting. Um, How dare you? <laughs> they, yeah, boys actually. So we we made a dicebreaker faction. I had people from yeah. the chat were the names of the players. Uh, All right. And we also made them pink and navy. Uh and we had the emblem was called Iron Breaker, so we used that one. Nice. And then we called them the Ball Breakers. Oh, wonderful. Oh, yeah. Such synergy. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we um, should have ball breakers versus fancy boys. The ultimate. Yeah, I think that would be great. Oh, do you so, um what what was your like tagline again? Like your motto? Oh, um, we what I wanted it to be, mm -hmm. which I didn't have room for, mm -hmm. was we came here to break balls and paint miniatures and roll out of miniatures or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But there was nowhere near enough character room. Uh, so in the end, I think we just, I think I put it as we painted our own outfits or something like Amazing. that. Amazing. Ah, nice. Um, the Fancy Boys motto is, oh, I do love a good romp on the pitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I do love a good romp on the pitch, Daddy. Oh, my God, Liv. I love this team so much. <laughs> what do they do? Do they, like... Um, I'm, just, I'm assuming, sort of... like, every single one of them is someone that Alex Meehan has had a fantasy anime crush on. 
But look, throw no. his angle catches, probably, yes, I would assume. I, yeah, I, the thing is, <laughs> it depends uh. how these fancy boys roll, I guess. Because I uh-huh. wouldn't want to assume anything. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I see. No, yeah. they're, they're very sexually fluid. It's fine. <laughs> Wonderful. Because I wouldn't have a crush on your 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 fancy elf boys. You love a good romp on the pitch, Ian. That's wonderful. Romp. I would love to romp with them. Great. Alrighty. <laughs> Sign me up. Okay. All right, I'll let go. How do they um, play football then? Do they, what's their thing? Do they like distract uh, They're very they're agile. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They're good at like so, squeezing past people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they can... Yeah, not very good at throwing or catching. <laughs> so the main, like, the big, big things in football, yeah. then, yeah? yeah. Throwing, football. catching, running. Those are the, yeah. a lot, <laughs> quite, quite important skills. Yeah. Do they yeah. do a Waluigi-style thing Where? with a rose? Do they, yeah. like... That's how they run. Yeah. They do the Waluigi run. Oh, oh, that. Yeah. Big gangly boy. Ooh, <laughs> gangly. He's um, a fancy boy. Yeah, Sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, he has a rose, right. so... Okay. Well, I mean, so, you know. <laughs> I'll make him. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, no way. It's um, yeah, it, it's the dice rolls are a lot. Um, <sighs> yeah, I got I got some bad luck on the screen. Oh dear. Uh, yeah, that's, Matt. That's Warhammer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Matt was saying is kind of the general air of it is kind of stupid. Mm. So like, if you can get behind the stupid then, like, you know what you're in for. Yeah, it's the same as Camelot, right? It's like, you're not going in expecting to have, like, a tactical breakdown of every single move that you're doing. You're just like, "Uh, let's hope this works, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sounds great! Yeah. Yeah, I like it. And the graphics are great. The the design and stuff is lovely. Good. Yeah, no, it's it's like, um, uh, (laughs) the sweeping shots of, like, the stadium and stuff, I got real vibes of, um, like uh the quidditch world cup game from like <laughs> oh, <laughs> on like ps2 goodness. or whatever which i'm yeah. assuming you played a lot of oh but yeah i was never good at it i didn't know how it worked <laughs> yeah cool um but um but yeah it was um uh yeah i levels good good i'm gonna be curious i'm gonna hyper focus on it for however long for sure so it'll be great um, um what else have you been playing like well, uh, and as well as that, I play have played a little bit of D and D. Um, I yeah. yes, exactly. Um, me and um, my partner Chloe is now in the um, Witchlight game that I've oh, been playing. You've sucked her in. You've lured her in. I, I didn't even do it. It was it was my part. My 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 team. They were like, "Hey, does, does Chloe play D and D?" And likely like, story, Liv. You absolutely. It wasn't even yeah it's my dm don't don't at me um but, <laughs> um but yeah now uh now she's a part of it and she's playing a um a fairy barbarian or a bartharian nice. um oh and, bed bath and beyondarian yeah. yes lovely <laughs> um but yeah she's just very small and very like sturdy and angry and it's great um and um, well, she's actually quite chill. She's just, she's all about gambling. I don't know. It's a it's a whole choice. Um, but um, but yeah, I've got my Harringon um, Artificer who is now level five. She is now permanently in a cat suit, 
um because that one so the artificer basically is they have several different like routes they can go down like for their subclass um so the one i've chosen is armorer which means that you can like i think after a long rest or maybe long and short you can use an action to change into like um <laughs> wheel stops looking at me <laughs> You waiting for you to finish the sentence, Liv. <laughs> you can, can change. I'm trying. You can change into basically an Iron Man suit mm-hmm. or oh. like a cat suit <laughs> with like espionage. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh um, god! So when you, you said cat suit, I completely misunderstood what you were talking about. No, no, no. Liv, you have no idea what you've just done because, as you may know, Robert O'Cop is an artificer. Uh... immediately I was like, well, I'm going to take the path that allows him to make a flamethrower, because that is one of the options. But if I could have him turn into some kind of anime cat girl as a joke, (laughs) that is quite tempting, you know? Yeah. 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 Basically, the suit gives you, like, advantage on stealth checks, Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, you also have like a D6 and, like and, lightning uh, thing. Charisma persuasion checks, right? <laughs> no, maybe depends on your DM, which yeah. we'll see. Uh, but <laughs> that's you. Yeah, if, I if, mean, if things go yeah, yeah. <laughs> but those I do... that don't know, Harringen are they called? Yes, they are like hair people. So yeah. this is a very con- this is an interesting thing where the hair the hair person is. T- Wearing a tight cat suit, like, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we did have a, a weird scenario yesterday where, uh, so I would, all right, so there's a mm, spoilers maybe for which light, um, but I'll keep it vague. There is an a person you meet, but they're not actually how they appear. Okay. So I had a bit of true sight placed on my character because she danced with some mushrooms. It's a whole. It's the very Feywild. Um, so she had the true sight. She saw this person for what they were, really were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as she's an artificer, she has spells. She cast alter self on herself to look like this giant demon thing that this person was. So it was a giant okay. demon thing wearing a cat suit. <laughs> I feel like I've, I think I've seen this that video. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, so it was me doing a really gravelly, like, southern accent, like, this is what it looks like. Um, so that was... Oh, you're also Southern American, are you? Oh, yeah. No, she's Excellent. just like a little, hi, I'm a little artificer bunny, and I'm boing, boing. You know, yeah, like, <laughs> that's, that's it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. All right, well. Uh... She's called Sweet Pea. All right, no, anyway. <laughs> There seems anyway, to be yes, a lot my... going on in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have put something so absurd in the already Feywild game, but whatever. Anyway. Well, I mean, it just fits in, right? It's perfect. Yeah. Perfect place. For uh, but yeah, apart from that, I haven't been playing too much. So I've also started watching Too, too Hot to Handle. I saw this but on I the Google Doc, and yes. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Matthew is not here. Of course, Matt Jarvis is responsible. Yeah. No, look, <laughs> we just are both into the same kind of trash. Mm-hmm. So I will reserve my comments for next week when Matt will hopefully be back okay. and we can mm. talk about the trash. Well, I've, yeah. I've also been watching trash. I Because Zoe mm. and I watched Selling Sunset. Oh, no. It's no. on in the background, which oh, is, no. is just horrendous, but I've also been tempted. hilarious. Mm. Every single song is like a stock music thing sung by the exact same woman. 
Like it's mm-hmm. just it's just an absurdist piece of television. Oh, what? What? Song? I'm imagining it's, it like, sounds you know, like the transitions in like the Hannah Montana show, just like ooh, yeah. <laughs> that, ooh. Like, it's like music transitions that you get in these kind of things. Where, yeah. Where it's like, you know, something dramatic happens and then they cut to like the next day. And it's like a montage of LA and it's like, we gotta get up, gotta do the things that we do, all that kind of stuff. And it's just the most generic ass music you've ever heard. Like, it, it sounds like a Sonic the Hedgehog game. No, 100%. It sounds like Sonic yeah. music. Yeah, no. Oh my like, goodness. Um, Sonic Sunset. Yeah, no. What's... Sonic Sunset. Yeah. Um, no, what's the, what's the Sonic R song? You know what? Uh, can you feel the sunshine? sunshine does it gets brighter every day. day. It's that. Um, okay. But yeah, no. Every single song they must have got it from like the exact same stock music album or whatever, because it's all just the same woman doing different styles of pop music, and it's the weirdest <laughs> thing in the world. Um, but we also, uh, I don't know where Zoe got this show from, but she was like, now that we finished Selling Sunset. We're gonna watch um, Below Deck. Oh, oh it was wow! From Aoife. Was of course, it was about... from Aoife. My my apologies. Thank you, <laughs> Eurogamers Aoife, which is where Below Deck comes from. But yeah, it's like for some reason the one we watched as well was from like 2002. So there was like frosted tips and baggy bright purple oh. shirts from Next. It was horrendous. Oh, um, but yeah. it's just like all of the worst people you can imagine in their early twenties working on a luxury yacht with fake celebrities and it's just Matt oh, was God. talking about this last was it last week he was talking about this or he was talking about two... below deck yeah oh my seriously God. he was talking about watching it right. so well you... there you go Matt yeah. if you're listening because you probably are because you never actually take a holiday uh <laughs> here's here's what I think about below deck I've said Call it. out it's yeah it's terrible before you that's what before you jump into Oh, I was going to say before you jump into below deck on the subject of frosted tips. Um, I was watching Hell's Kitchen, which is like all Love like Hell's weird, it's so good. Uh, oh, there—that's the thing. I, we watch it constantly. Yeah. Um, it's in the 2010s now. Yes. And they took one of the chefs away, and because he won the challenge, and he got like a makeover, but it was a 2010s makeover. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just gave him the word. Oh, bless him. Uh, they gave him like a bowl cut hairstyle and like uh, like a just like a suit jacket that was way too big for him and then did like a sh- photo shoot and it was so oh so God 2010s anyway carry on <laughs> well there you go um <laughs> have you been playing anything once no i have i have crash. been playing things uh we played root digital which is, it's been that long since i've been on the podcast but we played root digital we did. uh mm. for the first time i've also played blood bowl free on the stream but the most exciting thing that i do want to talk about b did you bring me the hanafuda cards thank you so he's oh. very excited about this as well. Uh, so he mm. got me a present, um, which are these uh, traditional Japanese playing cards called Hanafuda. Thank you very much. Um, and I'm going to tell you about all the things that I've learned about Hanafuda. And bear in mind that I got this from a solitary YouTube video, so I don't know how uh, exactly accurate it is, but they're super interesting. So this is Hanafuda. Um, they are... Um, it's a bit off the screen. Green, is it? No, it's well, not. Carry on. A different webcam for different yeah. applications. There you go. Um, but they are, uh, I think they originated in like the Edo period or Edo period um, of Japan. But here's what's really interesting about them. At the time, uh, Japan was trading with Portugal and the Portuguese people who were trading brought over like a very early iteration of what we now know as playing cards. Um, mm-hmm. 
like so old that they were still using like the tarot suits so they had like cups and swords and all that kind of stuff and they were quite ornate um but they were like clearly like you know this is an eight of swords and this is a king of swords and all that kind of stuff um so those were like sort of introduced to the japanese people and they started playing with them and stuff like that and obviously because they're playing cards they were mainly used for gambling which as anyone knows who like is a millennial therefore knows all about japan gambling is illegal in japan uh, and has been for quite a while um so not depends only... what you define as gambling yeah there are pachinko very is not much illegal for some reason uh but versions yeah. of gambling yeah like that's why pachinko is enormous yeah. out there traditional <laughs> gambling has been illegal for quite a while um so not only were these playing cards that were used for gambling uh, they were also, you know, from Western culture. So when inevitably Japan started to close its borders and become more isolationist, uh, they were trying to oust all Western culture from, from uh, like, you know, mm. the public, right? So they were like, yeah. if they were seeing Portuguese playing cards, they were like, get, the, get those things in the goddamn trash. That's not Japanese. Yeah. Get out of here. So the ways in which that they used to sort of like circumnavigate this um, were they made these incredibly ornate cards, which are now called Hanafuda. Oh, wow. And they're, like, really, really detailed, and they look nothing like you would expect a playing card to look like. Like, mm. they're just full of, like, illustrations of flowers and animals and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and the reason for that being is, whenever people would realise that they were using these to play playing card games and gamble with them, like, somebody would go and illustrate a new set of them, which, oh. if you knew what Hanafuda cards were and how they worked you would be able to see the common elements. But mm. you, people would just be like, no, these aren't Hanafuda, these are different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is really funny. Um, That's fun. But then mm. another, th so you'll notice that if you look at the front of the package, there's a Tengu on it, which is a Japanese demon, mm -hmm. um, which are the ones with the long noses. Yep. Another mm -hmm. interesting thing about it is um, Hanafuda means flower cards, which is quite obviously what they are. But Hana has a bit of a double entendre in uh, Japanese because it can also mean nose. So if you wanted to secretly tell yeah. someone that you wanted to play some Hanafuda, you would go tap oh. It is nose. Yeah, yeah. Hana is nose. Yeah, I didn't realise that. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. That's really cool because... Is that where uh, that originates from then? I don't know if that's like the original, but like that is like one of the iterations of it forming sort of naturally. Mm. Um, mm. The most interesting thing about this is because they're so ornate and because they were mainly used for gambling, which for a long time has been illegal... Uh, the people who use them the most were the Yakuza. Um, and apparently mm. the big ornate back tattoos that are synonymous with Yakuza <gasps> are inspired by Hanafuda cards. Oh, wow. Because the same sort of like really intricate, colourful designs are the ones that they were using for gambling. Mm. Um, and then the most interesting thing, this is the wildest thing, uh, which a lot of people don't realise is, this set of playing cards was made by Nintendo. Because when Nintendo mm. was formed, they were making playing cards. Yeah. But they weren't making poker playing cards. They were making Hanafuda. So they were a company that were explicitly made to make Hanafuda cards. And you can still yeah. buy Ooh. these. This is a Nintendo brand set. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. That's even more. Then they branched out into like toys and then games. video games. Yeah. And the video game thing was literally just like a, let's do this let's thing. Let's give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> after the crash of the 80s, they were like, let's make a video game console that looks like a toy. Mm. And then... They absolutely made fat stacks from that, so um, mm -hmm. that's really cool. If if you are listening to this, by the way, as a podcast, uh, just 
go and search Hanafuda cards. They're beautiful. They're really they, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Those lads. Well, they get it. <laughs> uh, but there's also, like, I got all of that info. There's a YouTube channel um, that talks specifically about ancient games, which you should find if you just, like, YouTube search Hanafuda. I can't mm. remember the name of them right now. Um, but yeah, they'll talk about stuff like Nepple Tapple and, and, you know, Go and all that kind of stuff. But they did a little video on Hanafuda and the game that you play it, like the most common game you play with them is called Koi Koi. Um, which is like a gambling game where you're set collecting because the cards are split up into like 12 sets, each one representing a month. And you can tell mm. them apart based on a plant that's growing because that's the plant mm -hmm. that would grow in that period of month. So there are like cherry blossom cards and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Like March time oh, and stuff. Cute. Um, but you are collecting sets either like one of each from each month or like all the ones that have scrolls on or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. which is like very similar to games that we play now, like, you know, like Sushi Ghost yep. games um, or Point Salad, like we mentioned earlier. Um, but then the idea was you play it in 12 rounds and a round would end when someone earned a set and then they would score the points. But you can do a double or nothing. So you can either say, I think it's Shobu, which means set, where it's like, I've got it, so I'm just going to I'm just gonna score my points and we can move on. Or you mm -hmm. can go Koi Koi, which means, come on then, uh, is where you can go, I'm going to double nothing, where I reckon I can get another set before you get your first. Oh. So if the other person gets there before then, you, you score nothing and they get to double their points. Mm. Nice. It's really cool. It's really, really oh, fascinating. Yeah. And it was a lovely present from my wonderful Oh. <laughs> um, I would love to like see more about this like on the channel, Wheels. Like, more, I might like, make a little video on it. Um, yeah. And then, like you know explain how they work and and like do some proper research and yeah because i find it really interesting so usually, cool. usually when someone is interested in it it means that the video is more interesting <laughs> osmosis you know <laughs> anything else wills you've been playing uh not massively many video games i started playing death store recently which is really fun it's the one with the little mm -hmm. crows which are reapers um, mm -hmm. it's very pretty and nice um and Oh, yeah, no, this is the other thing, sorry. Which is kind of a weird mix between two hobbies. Um, mm. I got, on my VR headset, I got an app called Vermilion, which is, um, it's an oil painting app with, like, realistically simulated paint. So, like, paint actually, like, builds up and blends together and it, like, brushes actually leave real things and you can, like, literally just, like, press harder to get different effects and stuff. It's really, really cool. Um... And I've been painting on that, but it just like it reminds me of miniature painting so much because it's like, yeah. it, but it's it's this weird crossover where like I'm in a headset with controllers doing a little oil <laughs> painting like I'm some kind of 14th century master or something. It's really <laughs> funny, um, but yeah, no, that's just lovely, and I think you should keep that. It's really good. But there hmm. you go. That's all from me. Yeah, I will quickly mention, and this kind of leads into things a little bit. Um, Liv and I. We have been both watching The Legend of Vox Machina. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, which is the new animated series on Amazon Prime based on Critical Role, specifically yeah. Campaign 1. Um, uh, I have written an article about it. You can read right now. Uh, Liv, what have as you a, done? <laughs> as of 5pm today, uh, there will be a video on the channel that is a video review of the first three episodes. So, uh, yeah, definitely check that out tell your friends um but something that we will say is that they are very they were very differing opinions yeah. and that's absolutely and fine that's, that's good because <laughs> like, that's how critique is supposed to be yeah, um, yeah like my opinions on the show 
do not reflect Dicebreaker as a whole. They are my opinion. Mm-hmm. And same with Liv. Yeah. But Liv's opinions are hers. So if you mm-hmm. want to get maybe like a balanced view of like yeah, maybe watch the show, yeah. watch Liv's video when it comes out at five o'clock today. Or if you're listening, watching this uh, later, go and watch it now uh, yeah. and read my article. And then you can just decide for yourself. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Then you can make some T-shirts and be like Team Me and Team Live. Who... Oh, and it will oh. Twilight all over again. Yeah. <laughs> the modern day Twilight. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I get a picture of me and I'm shiny. Yeah, I'm got super my, shiny. Yeah, I'm sparkling. Glistening. Uh, yeah. Glistening. We can get you some body glitter. Yeah, um, I know. I'm just covering myself in Vaseline. <laughs> That's a different kind of glistening. Oh God. Mine yeah, is just we'll... like a generic dog because I'm a werewolf. So it's not like <laughs> dog. No, no, it's your it's your like head on a dog's body. <laughs> oh, God. It's my head on my Shih Tzu's body. Quick, uh, stop yes. it before someone photoshops it. And then it's um, me dipped in Vaseline. And so. you, did, and you as Danny DeVito dipped in Vaseline from <laughs> Always Sunny. There we go. Yeah, oh. little... If someone wants to make that. I'm, I'm not in control of what you do with your time, so... <laughs> you in this trying time. <laughs> but yeah, I, I will say this now. If I see anyone on the internet, and I don't care if you haven't actually watched this podcast, if I see anyone on the internet who's like, uh, I thought you really didn't like it, when they see a, a different opinion on the review from the same website, I'm going to come to your house, I'm going <laughs> to knock on your door, and I'm going to go, that, that's not correct, actually. And then I'm going to leave. <laughs> Actually, I think you'll find. Oh, excuse me. Hello. <laughs> yeah, people are going to have a different opinions on those things, and they're both viable yeah. opinions. So 100%. they're not all like one hive mind on Dicebreaker. Yeah. We are different people. Obviously, different we opinions. all know that everything I say is the absolute truth. But like, apart from that, you know. No! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we crack on into the news of the news with our news correspondent in the chopper? It's Alex Meehan. I'm in the chopper, yeah. <laughs> You're Wherever. more excited about it. <laughs> yeah, here I am. <laughs> Look, it's been years if I was excited <laughs> every time I got in the chopper, then you'd I, I would job. be exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the chopper was fueled by your enthusiasm. <laughs> I hope not, because I'd be in trouble otherwise. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh god, okay. there's there's a new story about D and D. We're losing altitude. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, oh, hang on. Yes. Uh, right. Let's start off with a breezy one. So, mm. uh, um, uh, for those that may not be aware, there is an awards um, show thing called the Asdor. Uh, they are a set of French awards. And they're called. They're also known as the Golden Aces, and they're essentially like they're they're like one step below, like uh, Essen Spiel. So mm. like you got Essen Spiel, like the Spiel the Aris, They're like the primo, and then you've got the As the Or, which are also pretty prestigious, like Oscars and Baftas. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So uh, the nominees were announced this week. Um, and they've added a new category, which is also exciting. Um, the main, the nominees for like the main as the or award, which is usually awarded to like an accessible family style board game, kind of like the main spill the Yaris. Um, the nominees are Seven Wonders Architects, 
which we played on stream. We did, yeah. Yep. I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was all right. Uh, yeah. You can read about what I think about that game <laughs> in an opinion piece I put out this week. Setting a theme here, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grumpy. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the other nominations for the main as the war are a game called Carta Ventura Lassa, which I've never heard of, which seems to be a storytelling card game. Uh, and Happy City, which Matt oh. actually talked about in the past, uh, and he seemed to really like it. Um, uh, that's a game about building a little city and trying to keep your citizens as happy as possible, uh, which looks cute. So mm. those are the main nominations they made as the or. You've got the new uh, category that they've added, which they call Initiated, which I think is a really great idea because it's like a, a go-between between the Asda or which is like a very beginner friendly and the expert category which mm. is like hardcore mm. you know no scrubs intermediaries it's like mm. an intermediary yeah hardcore i don't want no scrubs, scrubs yeah i don't want no scrubs yeah. yeah tl sponsored by tlc yeah <laughs> um the nominees for the initiative initiated category uh are living forest which i've never heard of uh there's a game called um Nouvelles Contrées, which is like a, I think it's French, but it's a game mm. where you're exploring a library. Uh, and there's Altry, which we've actually spoke about before, uh, which is the big fantasy narrative kind of driven game that I want to play and I've not managed to get my hands on yet. Um, and finally, to the expert category, uh, we've got... Dune Imperium, which is a debt building game, mm -hmm. which I wanted to play. <laughs> Can't get my hands on it. Uh, there is a game called Iki, which is, funnily enough, based on the Edo period of Japan. Ah. Um, and there's... And here it comes. Lost Ruins of Arnak, which... <laughs> I don't know if Asda or are listening right now. <laughs> but, but I think great we all know selection. What... <laughs> We know what the right choice here is. Um, <laughs> Don't we? <laughs> Don't we? <laughs> you, you nominated Seven Wonders Architects. You're going to throw me a bone. Um, it's, it's the baby category. It's, yeah. No, it's it's it should be called the rubbish category, if that's Whoa. in there. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm that's calling it out. That's very mean to the other two games we've never played. <laughs> oh no, Happy City, I'm sure, is fine. And the other one that I can't remember the name of. Um, there's okay. also a children's category, which is nice, but you can read the article on the website if you want to know the exact DL. But the winners will be announced uh, on February the 24th. Cool. So uh, we'll see who wins. Yeah, keep an ear to the ground. Yeah. yeah. The hustle um... and bustle of the award season. Uh, by the way, uh, Wheels, I remembered a game that we have both played that we didn't mention. Oh. Is it Do Seven we... Wonders Architects? <laughs> no, not that one. It's, uh, we don't have to get into it now. Maybe next week, but Machi Koro 2, we played. Oh, we did play Machi Koro 2. We did yes. do that. It was pretty good, actually. It was like yeah. it was very similar to the original Machi Koro. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, like it, it, invent, it tweaked and invented a few new mechanics. Like the, the main thing that's different is the selection of cards. Hello, Toto. The selection of cards that you have available to you are not predetermined. So they are like a random row 
uh, each time, which is kind of interesting. Leave that alone. Like let him do it. Let him oh, do let it. Him, let him live his life. Let him live. <laughs> let him live. topple this very heavy pile of boxes. <laughs> oh, no. You might, that's you just, that's just asking for trouble. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. It's my fault. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, um, just, just a brief aside, because that was good. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I've still not played the main Machikoro. Oh, like, really? The first I one, either, but... so... It sounds alright. Sounds it's fun. very chill. Like, I would put it in the Seven Wonders Architects category of the Asdor, for example, you know? Yeah, I might get it. That's how much... Yeah, I really enjoyed it. You can really take on the office copy, because I don't know if we'll do much okay. with it. Um, mm. But we've mentioned it on the podcast now, and therefore yeah. <laughs> we have officially covered it. Um mm. Should we should we move on to some salty news, Mian? Right. Oh my god. <laughs> Whew. I hope you got. Hard done by in this section. I hope you've got something to drink. Mm-hmm. Because Keep hydrated. Things are gonna get salty. Yeah. So, um, I'll name? just sit back and I'll just let you. I'll just leave you two to it. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> no, no, no. Balanced there is... opinions here. Look, um... we do have we do have balanced opinions, and some of us are more reasonable than others <laughs> about about their perspective. So yeah, uh, yeah, let's... yeah. <laughs> thank you, Mian. Thank you. <laughs> let's get into it. So uh um in December it was announced there would be a Dark Souls RPG. Yeah. Um and we sort of had a chat about it in the first podcast back. And we were all talking about, you know, what do we think it's gonna be like. Dicebreaker real ones will remember this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout out, Shout to, out to them. Uh, and uh, we were, you know, some of us thought that this is probably going to be a D&D 5e RPG because that is the most popular system that's out there. A lot of licensed RPGs use it. And there was precedent because it's Steamforge yeah. Games who are making it and yeah. all the previous RPGs they've done have been basically D&D modules 5e, yeah. for 5e. Yeah. Uh, including their animal adventure stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and lo and behold, uh, it was revealed this week uh, that, in fact, yesterday, that um, the Dark Souls RPG will be using D&D 5e. Now, the reaction to this When I been... made this thumbnail, I should have put angry eyebrows on the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, because here's the thing. I'm not angry because I... I I expected this was going to happen. And I'm not even a Dark Souls fan. Like, uh, uh, I'm in- intrigued by the series, but it's not something I've ever really wanted to play myself. Um, but, uh, so let's get into it. Essentially, uh, it's going to be using the D&D 5e system. Yeah. Uh, they cl- uh, According to the press release, there will be, quote, Unique Dark Souls mechanics. I don't know what those are because they don't tell me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see what those are. Um, there will be a hardback core rulebook filled with things to make characters, um, magic system, monsters, etc. Uh, and um, you'll be able to pre-order the game from next month onwards. Um, I don't know what the exact release dates are going to be. But regardless... Um, so uh, let me just start things off just gently Um, the reason why I don't think this is a very good idea is because besides the fact that I'm not a huge fan of Dungeons Dragons 5e as a system I think 
you know what i think it functions really well for what it does it's just not one that i would prefer to play like there are other systems that i would rather play and i too often think that people will modify 5e to fit what they want to do when i would rather they just play a different system that's designed to do what they want to do like play dnd 5e if you want like dnd 5e like what that provides which is like still a really good experience but like don't mod it to be something that it's not just play something that's actually designed for that and here is the problem with this taking dnd 5e because not only do i generally prefer um um licensed rpgs to kind of you built on their own system so then you can actually like again from the ground up translate what experience you want to provide people like uh from what i know about dark souls it's very much a game that's about like you're the underdog you yeah. are struggling against forces that are far stronger like far greater than you and how you overcome those is through experience and through like outwitting your opponents etc um i don't know that's not really what i think of when i think of dungeons and dragons by b um it definitely is more of a power fantasy experience i think which is kind of like the opposite of what dark souls is so that's my take who wants to go next <laughs> yeah i think well there's also the fact that like D is a very sort of like classic uh, you know, it's built upon the sort of like grindy aspects of RPGs. Not not in a way that I think you spend your whole time grinding, but in the fact that you get more powerful and do more powerful things. And like that is just like the, the feedback loop. It's like, you know, you, you fight a monster, it gives you the XP, you level up, you get better, you fight a bigger monster, you carry on, you carry on, you carry on. You keep getting powerful and more powerful and more powerful. You get new abilities, you get new stuff. With D&D, uh, with, sorry, with Dark Souls, it's like, like you said, me, and it's not a power fantasy. It's it's you know it's de empowering the player. Yeah, it's not exactly. I'm not saying that because I know that quite a lot of Dark Souls fans get annoyed when people just think of it as a difficult game hmm. because it's not just that. It is about learning from your yeah. experiences, and it, it you you don't defeat a thing by like getting a big level up and then learning a fancy new spell and then destroying it like you defeat a thing by being like oh i remember that character that enemy's patterns like i remember how it works i'm going to like adapt to that and and use that knowledge to my advantage and i'm not saying like dnd is a game for stupids i am just saying that you heard it here <laughs> first folks <laughs> no i'm not saying that because obviously like you learn uh you can learn an enemy's weakness for example and take advantage of that etc but like it i don't know it's always felt more like a power fantasy to me which is what often sells it to people like it's an escape it's an escapism most of the time and like i don't feel like dark souls is what that's supposed to it's not meant to give you that feeling yeah i just i find dnd is like a system where you're like exploring a world of wonder and like there are like dark and gritty ways in which to play D&D, but I don't think mechanically it is like uh, you know, it's like D Dark Souls is like oppressive and, you know, lonely and um, like con contemplative a lot of the times. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's any like mechanical relation between the two types of experiences 
that both of those games are trying to make. And the biggest worry for me, um, it's like it's kind of nothing to do with the fact that they've chosen 5e. It's more like 5e is a symptom of the problem that I think Steamforge are currently having, which is Steamforge games, like I think they are very capable of making very cool stuff. Like we like there are streams on this channel of us, you know, seeing Enjoy. the yeah, yeah. The work that goes into their games and like having fun playing mm. their games like um i was a big fan of stuff like guild ball and things like that before it got cancelled but more and more now i see steamforge just kind of picking up video game licenses putting something out very quickly and then moving on and like i don't i don't see much like love or passion going into them you know like it, it seems mm. very much like a we are the agency that you hire to make a board game adaption of your video game. We'll do a big Kickstarter. It will be full of miniatures. Here you go. See you later. And I, I just like, like, I don't see much interest in that. Like, I just, if, if you're not just a person who's collecting cool stuff for your video game or like, you know, if you're maybe quite new to tabletop and, and RPGs and stuff and you're like, oh, well, I like Dark Souls. So I'll back that and that'll be my first experience. I'm worried that players will then play this and think, well, this is you know whatever you i know, mean like yeah. i will quickly say that i wouldn't want dark the the dark souls rpg to be like hey welcome to your first rpg kiddos like this is your thing because that completely undermines the point of it being like a dark souls rpg like mm. i would rather they i would rather they commit to like the concept rather than uh, live Give us what do you what? Let's see what do you what, think do you about want? all of this. <laughs> no, I want your perspective. What do you think about Dark Souls um, being on the D D five E? Well, to an extent, I do agree. It would be it would be nice to see you know a, a completely new RPG um, that would be taking on the Dark Soul Dark Souls license. I haven't played the entirety of Dark Souls. I'm still stuck on the first one, and it's um, hard and scary. Um, <laughs> Um, but like you say, there are certain aspects of the D&D experience that don't quite fit, like um, the fact that you're in a party. Are you are you going to be in a party or are you going to be like, is it just going to be a solo RPG kind of thing or what is the deal I there? I only imagine it would be party based, which again, yeah. like it's not specifically a Dark Souls thing, but they have mm. the co-op. Yeah, you can do yeah. co-op. Yeah. yeah, can do. Um, but I, in terms of how they're going to work it if if there's like a bunch of stuff that's you know they're using the tire the, the 5e rule set to kind of simplify things but they're doing a proper spin on it like maybe it's more likely that you're going to die like you know like session to session so that you have to bring in the whole bonfire thing how will that work you know like i'm i'm curious to see how they will spin it and if they do spin it if they're yeah if there are a good amount of spins on it then i will be I'll be interested, mm. but if yeah. it's literally just like it, the, here are some Dark Soul themes, but the, it's it's five E. Then that's, I will. Yeah, that's what I'm worried. That that's what I'm worried. This is going to be like. Yeah. This, this is what I was worried it was going to be from the moment they announced it. Mm. I was like, it's uh, it, if you think about it pragmatically, it really is the easiest thing to do you yeah. don't have to build a system from yeah. scratch no, exactly. there's, a, it's, there's probably a lot a of like way of doing it yeah. yeah there's probably a lot of monsters and classes that they can directly lift from the from the original setting like there's I, yeah. I think it's i think it's a very like utilitarian way of, of building a dark souls rpg i don't know if it's a very the best good, no. good one no. you know like mm -hmm. and i i think um like it it doesn't feel like a decision that's been made uh based on the fact that they think that is the perfect fit 
it feels no. like a decision that was made based on the fact that mm. they were like should I... do D&D you know? we like, know yeah. D&D yeah but like the thing is as well like if you're going to do that with an IP make it D&D so that you can do more with it make it like you know put the effort that you would put in to you know make an entire RPG and do as much with 5e as you can yeah like that would be the ideal but yeah yeah. I mean, the thing is, here's kind of what's frustrating as well, and a few people were saying this, like, Dark Souls is enough of a big name to get people to buy this. Yeah. Like, you don't yeah. need to use D&D 5e just because it's the most popular system. Like, mm. a lot of people are saying this. Um, it is the safest option, but whether it's actually going to be the best for the game is... Again, we've not played it, so we can't mm-hmm. claim it's definitely going to be bad. It might be great, but from our well, from my perspective, it's the case of, like, um, I wish they had either chosen a different system that they can, mm-hmm. that's more flexible and they can do more with, or built the system from scratch. Yeah. Like, yeah. Think... Oh, go What's ahead. That? I was just going to say, I think somebody uh, previously in the chat mentioned, like, maybe base it on, like, 4E instead of 5E. Like, something that would suit it a bit more um because that's very like combat heavy isn't it yeah but, yeah but, yeah i just i just think that like like i mean as we said right you know dark souls is a big enough property on his own look at all of the other big adaptions that are being made right now look at avatar legends which is powered by the apocalypse like mm. i remember playing dishonored rpg which i didn't think was amazing but like they used like a 2d 20 system that was different you know like i um, the yeah, there was an interesting... RPG is going for a different RPG system. Like I think we've gotten past the point now where everything has to be a D and D spinoff. Um, mm-hmm. So like now it almost feels like well you know you intentionally made a decision to make this D and D. It's not like you didn't have the information or the you know the wherewithal to be able to do something else. Like th- from this point, like you you've specifically chosen Five E. So like why? And if they can provide me with good examples, it's a legitimate answer. Then yeah. sure, sick. Like all the power to them. But if it is just well, D and D is the most popular, and we know it the best, then it feels maybe a little disingenuous. disingenuous yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. is the because like there are yeah there are some systems out there designed like Morkborg, for example, like or anything in the OSR. Like yeah, uh, OSR, OSR as, like... A, as a genre, like is perfectly suited for Dark Souls stuff, and there are yeah plenty of Dark Souls inspired yeah. games that exist in that space. Exactly. Already, right? yeah. yeah, I would I would say to people if you are disappointed by this, for the people who are excited for this, great. I'm I'm genuinely for happy yeah. for you. Um, for the people who are disappointed, uh, in that thread actually from the news piece, there are there have been some people suggesting RPGs that are like. Dark Souls or give that kind of Dark Souls experience that don't use D D five E and are actually designed from the ground up to give that kind of experience. In fact, we I posted about one today called um Print Weaver, which sounds really interesting. It mixes like palm reading with with oh, the yeah. Dark Souls style like world where you are expected to die often and you need to go and get your stuff back and everything. So um yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it is it's not the, the outcome that I wanted, uh, but it's the one I expected. So, but mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see when it comes out. Maybe, maybe we're dunking on something and it's not. Well, we're just speculating, be, oh, yeah, but you know, yeah. yeah, it'd be great. But yeah, I'm I'm very in the neutral camp right now. Like, 
You are Switzerland. Yeah, like it just like I'm not I'm not like oh it's five E yeah it's for me. Uh, but I'm also but like I would like to see something different done with it if you know if possible. But we'll, yeah, we'll I, see. I think at the end of the day, Dark Souls is is a fantasy world with some very <laughs> classic fantasy tropes. It does some cool stuff. It has a cool world, but if if it's not going to really build anything interesting mechanically on the top of D and D five E, like you don't really need to buy that book to be able to play it, you know, because you are just playing. Mm. D and D, but in the world of Dark Souls, which anyone yeah, can do. do you know, so like, yeah, there has to be something that you know necessitates its own existence. I think, uh, otherwise, mm, it's just a bit of a wasted product for me. But yeah, I would love to run a Dark Souls um, themed D and D session and see if it is exactly like what it will be like when it comes. <laughs> we'll project <laughs> what we think it's going to be. Run that yeah. session and see how close we were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, we'll be like, oh, we we guessed everything. We are prophets. Pay us lots of money. Yeah, that always comes at the end. Pay us lots of money. Um, Give us a feel-good one, man. Yeah, one last news story. Um, So, uh, it was very fun, actually, because this was from a local BBC news story. Mm. Uh, And it was very much a local BBC news story. But um, there's a group of people who have played... Dune, the board game, that's the 2019 remake, for over 85 hours straight. <laughs> mm-hmm. With little breaks, sort of, in between. Yeah. Um, they were allowed, yeah. they were allowed, like, five minutes for every hour they played mm. of Dune. Uh, and they were doing this, one, to break a Guinness World Record, which they, I think they did, although Guinness have not confirmed. Have a point of Guinness. There you go, look. Uh, have not confirmed right. <laughs> um, what, whether they, it's been like, I don't know what it's called, ratified, I think is the word they use, but uh, the previous record was 80 hours, and they played 85. So uh, they also raised money for Alzheimer's uh, Research UK, um, which is nice. Which is great. Yeah, um, yeah along with Hereth- Herefordshire Mind, which is... Yeah, wow. a, a local charity uh, to support mental health. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting that there's this group of people played 85 hours, over in fact, 85 hours of Dune because they wanted to finish the game. I was going to say, if you'd gotten 85 hours in, you'd be like, well, we should finish it, shouldn't we? <laughs> uh, they managed to fit in 90, sorry. 79 total games of Dune. Oh, yeah. Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in light of that, I thought it might be good for us to do a segment based on this mm-hmm. called <clears throat> Dicebreaker Presents. Oh my God, you've named it. <laughs> the unofficial, not affiliated Guinness book. Board Game World Records. Da, 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 da. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yeah. Dicebreaker Presents, the unofficial not affiliated with Guinness Board Game World Records. It's great to have you back. Mm. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex Meehan here, who is looking lovely Hi. in her long gown that she's wearing right now. <laughs> look how long it is. Yeah, oh, look at my gown. I was confused at whether or not you were lifting your jumper to reveal yeah, another too. jumper underneath. <laughs> Like uh, uh, like when they take Kane's mask off and it's still all underneath it. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Never mind. Gonna... Yeah, uh, I assume it's a wrestling thing. It is. I guess. Yeah, it's, right. It's uh, right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great to be here. 
Liv is here as the other assistant. I'm in the I'm in the back, just like what? you're in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is, yeah. Oh, um, Darkula's affiliated Nanda. Whatever this is, what? It's in it's the podcast document, Liv. Oh my Whatever. god! Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you're really ruining our branding. Uh, yeah. So I thought it'd be fun for us to pick what we would be willing to play for eighty-five hours. <laughs> Um, what do we think, everyone? Do yeah, we... yeah, this is a tough one. Also, people in the game. chat, yeah, it's got to be a board game. Yeah, people in the chat game. as well, you can play along. Uh, <laughs> what board game would you be willing to play for over 85 hours for, a, like, for a world record? I feel like it has to be something one that isn't like pre generated content, otherwise. You'd eventually run out. I guess you could do Gloomhaven. There's probably 85 hours worth of content in Gloomhaven. Possibly? I've not played it. But... Maybe Frosthaven I think is maybe bigger. Yeah. I reckon you could maybe get away with something like that, but I think you would want something like Systemic and, and Open Sandboxy to... like. I, I'm assuming they pick June because it's, you know, like Twilight Imperium. It's like, it's one of those big, it lasts long so it doesn't feel like you're restarting every 20 minutes, which I think mm. would be hellish. Um, yeah. Like, you want it to last long enough that, you know, it feels like it's been long enough since the last time you played. I um, will say, though, the fact they managed to fit 79 games yeah, of it in there is impressive. Yeah, pretty adept. I mean, mm -hmm. at the very least, you would be quite adept at it after that <laughs> many hours of playing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I also think... like it's also the kind of game where a lot of it's built on some randomized elements and also like play interaction. Yeah. I think that's also important. Like the kind of game where like things will be pretty different every time because you know a randomized element mixed with like an action performed by a player will be like or something like oh okay this is here's a new situation that we find ourselves in. So for that reason, even though I haven't actually played it before, I think I would pick The War of the Ring. Okay. Because that is a good example of, like, you know, it is a meaty board game. You'd probably only get, like, yeah. ten games in. <laughs> Bloody hell. If you, you know, especially if you cram it with enough expansions. Yeah, meat's back on the menu, boys. Yeah. Uh, what about their legs? They, do, they don't need those. Um, yeah. Uh, what well, I'll I'll throw in a little uh, hazard into the mix, Wills. Yeah. What if you were playing it with Matt Jarvis? Well, that's perfect because he already knows how to play. Well, and no, he... but then you have to deal with his many, 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 many obscure references yeah, but to this the, the thing, Rings right? franchise. If you, sp if you spend enough time with anything, you become an expert. So not only would you have the element... I think Matt Jarvis is a perfect playing companion for this. Okay. Not only would I have the element of, you know, learning how to play War of the Ring, then eventually getting good at it, and then eventually getting so good that I can trash him every time. Yeah, but also, yeah every time, yeah. you would have the element of him slowly drip-feeding me all of the stupid, meaningless lore that he's been building up in his head, Lord of the Rings space, for a long time. Yeah. To the point where I can then recite things. And then I'd finally, much like it's now happening with wrestling, I'll finally understand what the hell he's talking about more often. And I think that's going to be a really powerful experience for us both mm. to go through. <laughs> yeah, you'll definitely have changed yeah. by the end, I feel. Yeah. 
Yeah. I would have gone on a hero's journey. <laughs> yeah, I will also add, he's also just a very nice man. Yeah, he's just a good person to yeah. spend time with as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would like to mention that a retro futurologist in the chat says 85 hour happy salmon, and I think that's pretty good. <laughs> oh my God. You, that, that would be like a training montage in a Rocky movie. By the time you come out, you'd be like four kilograms heavier <laughs> with muscle. They're like, oh, you go to like a bodybuilding contest and they're like, how did you get so immensely ripped? And you're like, eight, five hours of happy salmon. Yeah. Eight, Let's just say I consumed a lot of fish. <laughs> yeah. You're like, go and buy my fitness, my, my bodybuilding tape, mm -hmm. like now. And it's just how I got ripped through 85 hours of happy salmon. How I did it. Yeah. How I did it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my great. story. <laughs> my happy salmon story. Sold to Grazia or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are also saying Monopoly. Mm -hmm. Monopoly. Well, I think was saying there's already a record specifically for Monopoly as well. Is it? Someone's saying oh, Root, and I think there's enough expansions of Root as well now oh. where you can get enough variants game to game. That's I would another probably thing. pick Root, to yeah. be honest. If you've got one of those big strategy i think you're going to end up playing a big strategy game regardless because those mm -hmm. are the ones that take all the time and they have the most variants but if you've also got ones that has like modules that you can swap in and out and then all right. of a sudden you know each game could be slightly different yeah right. because with with all the expansions for root there are multiple like several combinations of factions that work well together and you can play especially if you've got four people sky's the limit mm. there like in every combination of factions basically provides a different game experience mm. so yeah i would probably pick rope that surprises absolutely no one <laughs> Liv, very Liv, you've had enough time to percolate on this come thing. on oh no i'm ready i was just waiting yeah uh, hit us up wait for you five of those i think i would go with even though it's a very punishing game all uh there's a video on that if you want to see it um eldritch horror i'd probably go with um there's a lot of expansions there's it's Again, a, a very game uh, what was that? Again, a lot of variants. A lot of variants, yeah. Um, very long game. Uh, yeah, like you say, if you play it with like four people, that's enough to just like each turn is an age, you yeah, know. Like that's it's... essentially eighty-five hours gone anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. If you if you play with what's the max again? Is it eight? So, it's six or eight, something like that. Why would yeah, I, I bet do it's that? eight. I bet it's eight players. That, that's mm -hmm. the max for Eldritch. Because I've played yeah, with a lot group. of investigators. So. I've played with a big group for Eldritch Horror before. And my God, it took a whole day. Yeah. So I reckon you probably yeah. get like, yeah, like, t I don't know, eight games of Eldritch Horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so I think that would be my pick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think that's a horrible idea. And if you'd asked me... To mm -hmm. take part in that, I would run away, like physically run away from you. I'd uh, get you, <laughs> and I'm sure you would, because the inevitable slow creeping of of this of this horror <laughs> would catch up with me wherever I went. Um, yeah. But I respect your opinion, uh, and Thanks. I'm glad that you're willing to put yourself through that. Uh, Thank you for the good of charity. Yeah. yeah. Well done, Liv. <laughs> I haven't done anything, but all right. Uh, <laughs> Congrats for raising all that money. <laughs> much. In advance, you know. Um, yes. Apparently, we... I was so going to be like, what, "What if all all of us just like, what if we did something like that, but we swapped out games? But we have to do whatever the one person wants to. So mine would be Eldritch Horror, and you'd all have to deal with it." Oh, um, 
I'd be alright in that. I like Eldritch Horror. Yeah, so. you do. I do think Arkham Horror LCD is a good shout, as Retro says in the chat again. Like, I do think that is like a, a good example of something that's got loads of variants, lasts for ages, you can play a proper campaign, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's oh. a good slot. Also, Descent would be good, because it's like basically that long yeah, anyway. Yeah, again, right? Yeah, like something that's yep. got loads of content, so you never really mm. get bored of it. Although you uh... will. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> wheels are about to blow your mind. Eighty-five hours of camel ups. <laughs> <laughs> Two idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an idea, though, man. Here's something to really, really make you think. Okay. First forty-two point five hours. Right. Camel up first edition. Okay. Second lot of hours. Camelot Second Edition, but like so Camelot you... First Edition is more boring than Camelot Second Edition. Exactly. So you so... look forward to the second. Exactly. Edition. So you're like, oh, you know, like I like Camelot, but this isn't quite the Camelot experience I want. I'm looking forward to 45 hours from now. Yeah. When when we get to improve on things by swapping over to Camelot Second Edition. Because we're still technically playing the same game for 85 yeah, hours. Yeah, I guess we're just so. Just playing essentially a rules and, and component quality variant, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Baddy Wrongleg says in between Camelot off season. Yeah. Which it's is Camelot the off season. Theory. Yeah. Yeah, it's the off season. Between Excellent. every game of Camelot, we play Camelot off Well, there we go. I think we've cracked it. Uh, so... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> What about Crocodile? 85 hours of Crocodile. I think your fingers would be little nubs by the end of it. Absolutely not. Do, yeah, you I can't do anything that, that requires physical exertion, I think. You, I think my self-esteem would be a little nub by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Even you that, would... or this, this is how I get good. 85 yeah. hours. No, like oh, I said, yeah. Ian, it's your rocky training montage. Yeah. You know? We could make you the best Crocodile player on Earth by the time yeah. you've played 85 hours straight of Crocodile. This Bear in mind, you would need someone better than me to pair with. <laughs> this would be an amazing documentary. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, How this... I became the world champion mm -hmm. of Crocodile after yeah. an 85-hour training montage. That will, that's what it would be called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I know we were talking about just board games, not RPGs, but Benjamin Dean says just play the Ten Candles game, but with way more than ten. Than ten <laughs> how, many candles. How, how many dice to be rolling? Oh, uh, seven hundred and forty-two. Okay, got it. Right. <laughs> the problem is though, the candles presumably would all be the same size, which means that they would all just go out eventually. <laughs> yeah, giant candles. Giant candles. You would have to have a very large space. To yeah, play and it would be pretty hot in there. Uh, oh yeah, quite a bit of a fire hazard. <laughs> Next members' video sorted then says Retro. All right, yeah. we're coming towards the end, so let's answer a couple of questions. Uh, if you've got any for us, please dump them in the live chat. And yeah. just as a reminder, if you are catching this outside of the live recordings and you're watching it on wherever you get your podcasts or here on youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker feel free to either leave a uh, comment in the next chat or if you want to get there in advance just like we have one here you can email us at podcast email. thank you very much me and you can email us at podcast at dicebreaker.com so um I mean, I will say this wasn't in advance. This was during this the This wasn't, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it now and I'm like, that's not an email, is it? No, I, yeah. <laughs> I cheekily But you could have. You could have, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Nian, would you like to read out this question here from Reclaimed Dazen-like? Reclaimed Dazen-like asked a question. 
just ask what Dark Souls would you like to play in an RPG? What sort of story, I think they were meant to say, would you want to tell? Um, or do I'm they just... mean like what Souls-like game? Yeah. Like out of all the ones that they've done now? Uh, Bloodborne, right? The right the right choice is Bloodborne. Bloodborne is I'm going to say that I've not played like any of them so i'll just i mean neither have i but like you've only played one so feel free to (laughs) feel free to just say the one that you've played (laughs) number one (laughs) good choice thank you yeah the one that i enjoyed the most was number three but that was the one that i think was the most approachable um Mm -hmm. which you know because the everlasting debate of whether or not Dark Souls should have difficulty modifiers, uh, which I think they probably should. Uh, I ended up enjoying Dark Souls 3 just because it's a little bit less... Uh, Intense. Gatekeepy? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but the problem with a lot of... So, the Dark Souls, there is like, um, from what I understand, and most of this is just coming from having watched multiple F well videos created by hr bomber guy about yeah. dark souls uh so yeah, no. why what... form your own opinions when you can just yeah. watch youtubers and let them do it for you look i don't want to put <laughs> myself <laughs> through it i don't want to put myself through playing the souls games because i know it would it would draw out of me a horrible person that i don't want to know because i've played games before that are, that are challenging and they just make me cross so I don't want to put myself through that for myself and for everyone else. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, it's the case of like a lot of the difficulty isn't necessarily like the AI, the the amount of damage you do, etc. It's like not knowing about certain things that you really need to know. Yeah. Like oh, there's this piece of equipment, but it does this thing, and the game just does not tell you. Oh yeah, no, it, it that stuff awful at communicating things. Which but is why it, there are four hundred different Wikipedia entries for everything that exists in those games. Yeah, so it's the it's the the it's whether you're into that, <laughs> like whether you're like, oh, I want to discover all this stuff myself, yeah. or whether you're like, that's rubbish. I <laughs> failed at this because I didn't know about this, yeah. and I feel like that would also annoy me. So hence why I feel like Bloodborne. Apparently, is a little less like that, but well, Bloodborne I would... has less equipment in general and stuff, doesn't it? Which makes it a little bit more approachable, maybe. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I would pick Bloodborne because I just really like the aesthetic of Bloodborne. Mm. Like, I love the gothic, weird, like Cthulhu esque, yeah. yeah, like style of it. Um, I feel like that would be really interesting, and I kind of wish they'd licensed that instead of dark souls but i think they didn't license bloodborne because i suspect that another publisher actually has the rights to bloodborne and not well they have steamforged have made both the dark souls and bloodborne board games i don't think steamforged made the bloodborne game well they made the card game sorry let me double check that because i think they definitely made the card game i don't know if they made the board game but um yeah yeah, maybe like People who make video game RPGs, it's basically Steamforged and Modifius are the only ones I'm aware of. So I don't know if... So Simon, Simon uh, made the, the card game. Come on! Come on! I say Simon, especially because <laughs> Matt Jarvis hates it. What a better excuse. Yeah, I love saying it and then seeing his face like twists a little bit in disgust. Uh, me saying Simon. Um, 
The board game was also made by Simon, so I don't think that Steamforge had the rights to Simon. To Simon, I'm saying Simon so much. I don't think that that Steamforge have the rights to Bloodborne. I think they only have the rights to Dark Souls. That's why they. Well, and also I think Dark Souls is more popular from what I know than Bloodborne. But there you go. So that's our answers. There you go. There it is. We have some other questions here. Uh, cool. Liv. Yes. <laughs> do you want to ask? Do you want to ask a question? Yeah. All right. Um. So, uh, Adam Wagner or Wagner? I think um, Wagner. Yeah, Wagner probably. Um, asks, um, ever try to make your own game at home? I assume this is like RPG or board game or... or... I, I can't really talk about it because of... Yeah. Uh, oh, dear. I literally sat in front of uh, like 200 copies of a game that I have made at home. <laughs> <laughs> so, question asked. Perfectly so, reasonable. Yes. <laughs> I can't talk about it though because of uh, editorial policy. Yeah, yeah, legal reasons. But um, I think a lot of like I think more people are game designers than they realize. You know, like especially with RPGs, like just whenever you start fiddling with how a game works, like, you are designing games. Like I, I don't, mm. I don't know if people like realize how much uh, of a commonality it is to go home and like tweak with things and homebrew and modify and all that kind of stuff. And it's like. Just because you are, like, modding a game doesn't mean that you're not a game designer or developer or whatever you want to call it, you know, like. Um, so, I, yeah, I would, I would assume that, Liv, you have done at least some of those things. And uh, therefore, yeah. if you wanted to describe yourself as a game designer, I don't it's think... A gamer. As a gamer. As a capital G gamer. Yeah, if you want to decide, describe yourself as a game designer, like I don't think anyone should be able to stop you from doing that, you know? <laughs> oh, they can't stop me. No, um, <laughs> you know, um, I, you know, I, I've created my own worlds. I've created uh, like um, something I want to get into is creating like um, homebrew, specifically for D and D five E. But I would love to do some homebrew character classes and stuff like that. That's something I would love to get into. Um, but also, I. I have like a kind of idea in mind for maybe an RPG of mm -hmm. my own, maybe. So that's something I would like to get into as well. Tried to make a board game myself. Too much for me. Can't do it. Um... <laughs> what about the, what was it? The one you made for, ta for Taskbreaker. Uh, oh my God, what's it called? Uh, Doggone it. Doggone it. Yeah, I can make a pun. I can do a pun game. It's not real though, but yeah, no. Department. That's still game design. <laughs> yeah, or the marketing department. Get it? Because it was a dog the thing. Dog? Ah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where my creativity shines. Um. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, no, I I really think that I could um come up with something quite cool. Definitely overpowered for like a for like an RPG class. That'd be fun. That's where I'd like to start. Me yeah, and any, me any design inklings. Well, as we all know, I'm a talentless hack. <laughs> right. Uh, that's yeah. not... Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I've never made anything worthwhile in my entire life. Um, oh, um... Sorry, are you, I don't know. Is this Twitter talking? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm re I really... So, a bit of backstory on me. Hi, uh, I'm Alex Mann. <laughs> hello, I'm Alex Mann. Yeah. Um, Character backstory. Let's go. <laughs> when I was a wee lass, mm -hmm. I, I, as you often do, I went through many phases of, of um, various jobs or careers I wanted to do when I grew up. Uh, 
one of them was uh, horse riding, which is not a job. (laughs) (laughs) Jockey? Is it jockey? (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Um, Another one was artist. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, although then I found out I'm not actually that great art. I'm I was passable. I did a GCSE in art and I managed to pass my GCSE. Uh, so literally drawing... passable. <laughs> yeah, by drawing a lot of peppers. Um, uh, then I wanted to write fiction because uh, I I read a lot. I still read a decent amount, not as much as I would like. And um, I got into creative writing quite a lot. But uh, then I realised I was bad. Uh, so I'm I... starting to think that maybe it's not an inherent lack of talent, but maybe you being a bit hard on yourself. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, well that's kind of why I went into journalism, if you can call it journalism, uh, instead. Uh, yes, yes, we yes. do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went into, like, non-fiction writing because... When it comes to like writing in prose, what we call it. So poetry, don't even talk don't about even it. talk to me about poetry. Yeah, poetry. Uh, when it comes to writing in prose, I'm pretty good. But when it comes to like actually coming up with stories and you know semi-original ideas, like I just can't do it. Like I've tried before. Like when I've got a structure, so like if I'm coming up with like an RPG campaign or something or a character for that like great love that stuff but if you have to sit me like down and say make an RPG or make a board game I'm like I don't know yeah. what you need the the scaffolding. I need scaffolding to yeah. do yeah. I mean, you know like an artist used references you know there are there yeah are but that's a, that... That, that's a different cup of tea from like this is your task do this task and I'm like, I, I think, can do yeah, that task. I think it's the approach that you take, though, isn't it? Because you can set yourself those tasks, right? You mm-hmm. can be like... I guess so, yeah. You, you could look at a story that you like, look at the way in which it's structured, you know, in the same way that an RPG module would be or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, if this is structured like this, like, then this is where these elements go. Like, I think sometimes it's just breaking it down, isn't it? Um, yeah, I just, I'm just not great at, like coming up with this is the world and this is the thing i like it also helps because it sounds like you're being a bit yeah like pounding yourself a little bit but like if you're like if you do something and you're not like afraid of failing at it if you just like like i got like a fair amount of words into like a book i was writing um i stopped because i would kind of got too into my head but like as long as you're just willing to fail a little bit and then go back and rework it just get it out there like yeah i mean (laughs) sometimes i'll have like spontaneous ideas about rpgs i feel like board games i would really struggle to design because my brain doesn't work like games are a bit more mathematical yeah they're they're, they're mechanical and my brain and mechanic normal but um rpg Mm. you know i'm a bit more on the creative side but like i don't know like the other day i had an idea about an rpg based on the song from Encanto, we don't talk about Bruno brackets. No, 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 no. That was the idea I had. I was like, what mm-hmm. if there was an RPG where you each take turns to say what was predicted about you? And then. Hey, man. That's cool. Hey, hey what? Man, guess what? What? That's game design, baby. <laughs> Not a very that good was, game. That's you designing games, baby. That makes you a game designer. <laughs> 
I wrote it down on like a piece of paper, I'm and saying. I don't know where that piece of paper. It's not on a piece of paper. It is officially you have made it. Yeah, that's what it's I'm that's sorry. That is that. That's how it works. <laughs> now I just need to get the license from Disney. Yeah. <laughs> or don't do that because then, yeah, you'll, just make, call it, then you'll make a don't... D&D 5e adaption. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Call it We Don't Talk About Bob or something. I really want to make um, an RPG based on RuPaul's Drag Race where the stats are charisma, you uniqueness, need and, and talent. talent. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> do that it would then, be cool. you know? Yeah. I know, I might do it. Yeah. Like, literally... As Liv said, and this goes for everyone listening, this isn't just to me, and like, <laughs> you can't expect greatness from yourself the first time you do something. Yeah. But if you, if you protect your own ego from like not being good at something, then you are only depriving yourself of the potential that you have in the future. And there are some people who will do things quicker than you, and there are some people who do things in a different way than you. But mm. no one can do the thing that only you can do because everyone mm. has their own unique voice that they sometimes don't even realize they have. So if you don't strive to go for it and to take that and to make it, then it will never come about and you will be depriving the world of that. So yeah. believe in yourself. That's I the place like, um, to start. Yeah. And I, I said, hey, hey. <laughs> i saw a hey. post that was like hey somebody out there needs the book you're gonna write like yeah. some, it's gonna mean a lot so it's the same with an rpg somebody out there needs the rpg that you might write yeah, yeah. there's a yeah. thing that i saw an artist talk about where um because like everyone has everyone who likes to make art has like a level of taste right and the more that you like look at art and experience art like your taste gets defined and you you want to make the thing that your taste uh, is at a level at, but you can only make the thing that you're physically currently capable of. So mm-hmm. you have to struggle through the like section of time that it takes you to gradually build into that taste that you have, and eventually you'll get there. But one mm-hmm. of the worst pitfalls you can fall into is like when you look at your own art, you see all the things that you hate about it. But you don't realize that you're looking at it from the hypercritical perspective of someone who has gone through every single step of the creation process to get it there. Whereas when mm-hmm. everyone else looks at it, they're like, oh, nice. You know, there's that comic of like someone turns up to a bake sale and they've brought a cake and they go, oh, man, their cake is better than mine. And then some randomer walks up and they go, oh, cool, two cakes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would like to get my life in a slightly better place before I That's start. Fine. No, like, yeah. this is the other thing. Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't just make art to, you know, be successful, right? You, humans are supposed to make art because they enjoy it. So if you're not enjoying yeah, it yet, yeah. then don't do it. But like. Yeah, that's the thing. We've got a, a super chat here from yeah. CookieCat94 who says, RPG based on an Encanto song? Take my money. And there's the doorbell. <laughs> you are me in. <laughs> you'll have to get that. Uh, right. Well, I think we should probably round this off because we've been going yeah. for a long old time. Um, but thank you very much, everyone, for watching. A big thank you to Alex Meehan for joining us here. Yeah! Woo! And a big thank you to Olivia Kennedy for also joining us here. Yeah! And a big thank you to Liv for also doing a noise. <laughs> I would love it if you'd open your mouth and like a, an air horn sound would come out somehow. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> thank you very much for watching, everyone. This has been the Dice Breaker podcast. Uh, I tried to thank three people there and realized that 
one of them was me. So thanks, Wheels, for also being here. Uh, if you have enjoyed this, then please do stick around here on youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker. Hit a subscribe button, hit a bell icon, click all the like buttons. You know what to do. It mm. helps us with the algorithm and lets more people see the things that we like. So if you like it, then help them see it as well. If you're not watching yeah. us on YouTube and you're finding us on wherever you get your lovely podcasts, why not come over and visit us? And you can also go over to dicebreaker.com where we've got some fantastic stuff that Alex, me and Matt Giles yeah. and all those kind of people are working right now, on right now. I will, I will quickly give a shout out to that Legend of Wotmuckana article. Matt wrote a piece about why Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Jewel is good. Yeah. Don't believe him. <laughs> uh, we all have different opinions. <laughs> <laughs> We've recently updated our co-op board games list, so it's entirely new. Uh, and also, our lovely contributor, Chase Carter, wrote uh, a list of the best uh, tabletop RPGs you should play after watching The Expanse, which recently oh. finished. Mm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, on the YouTube channel that you are currently watching, remember, 5 p.m. today, 5 p.m. TNT, in an hour, uh, in an hour, yeah, it's going to be a review of The Legend of Ox Machina from me, and there are different opinions from me, and, and you know, both are good. Um, Wheels, is there going to be a video of the weekend, maybe? Oh my god, that is live. How did you wow. know on Sunday there's going to be a list of all the best upcoming RPGs of 2022? All the things that we are looking forward to from the TTRPG space, uh, as written by Matt and me and, and as recorded by me. So have a little look out for that. If you prefer your lists in video form, um, please do give it a like and a watch. Uh, but until you see that, and until then, thanks so much for watching the Dice Break podcast. We will see you on the next Dice Breaker video. But until then, have a lovely day. Goodbye. Bye.